Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special topical study of the Holy Spirit, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. We are in a series of studies titled Life in the Spirit. And so far, we've learned that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. He is not an energy. He is not a force. He is not female. He is not karma. He is a person with a personality. He is God with God-like attributes. We talked about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Are you listening? We pointed out, are you listening? Say Amen. We pointed out the Holy Spirit comes alongside of us to help us, yes? And he will always be with us. He will never mislead us. He is our constant companion and personal spiritual tutor and teacher. And his main job is to glorify Jesus. Last week, were you with me? Show of hands, were you with me last week? We talked about, you know then, the Spirit's work in regeneration. That's just a big word that means born again. It means salvation. The Spirit's work in salvation. And that God has given us the Holy Spirit as a down payment. And we are sealed with the Holy Spirit, which speaks of ownership and authenticity and a, a guarantee that he's coming back to get his stuff. And mind you, all of this happens the moment you say yes to Jesus. Something else, listen, saints, happens at the moment you say yes to Jesus. The moment you say yes to Jesus, God gives us a spiritual gift. And that gift is to be used to build up the body of Christ and to glorify Jesus. That's what I want to talk to you about today. We'll talk about the spiritual gifts. And today we're going to begin a series of studies on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Today we'll do an introduction of the gifts of the Spirit. And then in the coming weeks, we're going to look at every one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I've titled this sermon, The Holy Spirit and the Gifts of the Holy Spirit. An introduction, 1 Corinthians, let's get to it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we pick up in verse 1. Saints, if you're looking at verse 1, I need you to say a hearty amen. amen. Now concerning in verse 1, spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant, underline that, you know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led, Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one, are y'all with me? And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by who? The Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministry, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of most. All, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit and to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit 
and to another faith by the same spirit, and to another gifts of healing by the same spirit, and to another the working of miracles, and to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, and to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually, somebody read it with me, as he wills. Now listen, stop right there, give me your attention. All the gifts of the spirit are found in Romans, Ephesians, and 1 Corinthians. All the gifts of the Spirit in the Bible are found in Romans, got a pen, chapter 12, verse 6 through 8, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, and here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 10. In Romans, we find the gifts of leadership, exhortation, giving, and mercy. In Ephesians, we find the gift of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. And here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 11 gifts are listed. Wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues, helps, and administration. There's approximately 19 gifts in the Bible, and we'll cover each of them as we move forward in this a series of studies on the gifts of the Spirit. Understand that in the early church, let me have your attention, in the early church there was a lot of misunderstanding about the gifts of the Spirit and how they operate in the church. Nothing new under the sun. There's a lot of misunderstanding today concerning the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how they operate in the church. And much of the misunderstanding stems out of the abuse of the gifts. People are afraid of the Holy Spirit because of what they've seen on TV. Am I right about it? If you learn your theology from Christian television, you will be messed up. Amen. Some people watch Christian TV and they think the Holy Spirit is weird. They think if the Spirit comes upon you, he's going to make you do weird stuff. And so they want nothing to do with the Spirit. So there was a real problem in the church at Corinth. The church abused and misused the gifts of the Spirit. And as a result... That brought a lot of unnecessary confusion to believers. And Paul didn't want the believers to be misinformed or uninformed about the gifts of the Spirit. And so he writes 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. Now stay with me. Chapter 12, we have a list of the the gifts of the Spirit. In chapter 13, we call that the love chapter. Though I speak with the tongues of men and have not love, it profits me nothing. And then in chapter 14, we have the gifts of the Spirit specifically Tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. It is interesting, watch this, that Paul writes in chapter 12 concerning the gifts of the Spirit, setting things in order. And then in chapter 14, he kind of hones in and zooms in on prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. But in chapter 13, sandwiched right between chapter 12 and 13, is the love chapter, is love. I think there's a sermon in there. I think what Paul is trying to tell us is you can have all the gifts you want. You can have all the gifts listed in all the Bible, but if you don't filter those gifts through love, they profit you nothing. Did you get that? They profit you nothing. So Paul is correcting their misunderstanding about the gifts of the Spirit. Now listen, people in the church today have different views and different opinions concerning the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 
uh, many different views. There are those who say that the gifts have ceased. Everything miraculous has ceased with the apostolic era. This is known as the sensationist view. Sensationists believe the gifts are no longer in use today. No miracles, no tongues, no gifts of healing, no interpretation, no gifts. And still others say some of the gifts are for today and some are not. And then there are others who say that all of the gifts are for today and all of the gifts should operate in the church in an uncontrolled and unhindered manner. I call this position the sensationalist view or the whoop-de-doo view. Just let it go. Let it all. We need to have it all. Listen, I don't hold the sensationist view or the sensational view. Here at Calvary Chapel, we believe that all the gifts, and maybe I can get a witness. Here at Calvary Chapel, we believe all the gifts are useful for today. And all the gifts are given for our profit. And they're to be exercised in the church today to build up and to edify the church, not you. Am I right about that? To build up, edify the church, not you. Now listen, in the church world, Calvary Chapel, I don't know, do you know there's probably 3,000 Calvary Chapels in the world? There's a Calvary Chapel in Japan. There's a Calvary Chapel in Africa. There's Calvary Chapels everywhere. Our Calvary Chapel um, is somewhat an, of an enigma. Is an enigma. Is 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 kind of you know people don't really understand Calvary Chapel. People have told me they've come and said to me, Pastor Rodney, I, I really can't get the feeling of Calvary Chapel. You guys seem a little Pentecostal, and you guys seem a little Baptist, but you're too. Baptist to be Pentecostal and you're the two Pentecostal to be Baptist. So the Baptist folk or Baptist, the Baptist folk, they say, well, those Calvary Chapel guys lifted up their hands and Pastor Matt and Marlowe singing all loud and carrying on and they got drums up in the church. Drums. I remember them days you don't have no drums. If you got drums in your church, you going to the hot place. <laughs> you and your church. Y'all remember those days? You, you don't have no drums in the church. So the Baptist folk, that's kind of their position. And Pentecostal folk, they say, well, those guys are too Baptist. Their services are dead. I mean, no speaking in tongues, no praise dancers, no mime ministry. Y'all know the mime ministry, don't you? The mime ministry, there's some, there's some real ministry in some churches you might not know. But they, they have mimes. And they like take a song and they mime and they're, I'm good at that. I look good. And they're the mime ministry and, oh man, you guys don't have any ministry. There's no praying in the spirit. There's no singing in the spirit. Boring. What's up with you guys? Calvary Chapel, they say, is too Baptist for the Pentecostals and too Pentecostal for the Baptists. We're puzzling. Listen, we consider ourselves here at Calvary Chapel Bapticostals. <laughs> Write that down. We're, we're in balance. We're, we're trying to be balanced here. We're Bapticostals. You? you like that name, don't you? Bapticostals. Because we, we are charismatic. The word charismatic simply means gifts. It means that we believe in the gifts of the Spirit, but we're not charismaniacs. We're charismatics, but we're not charismaniacs. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. Not only do we believe in the gifts of the Spirit, we know we are powerless without them. We also know and understand that we are not to worship the gift. We're to worship the gift giver, which is Jesus. And I think the problem in the church, listen, saints, the problem in the church is one word, 
What's that word? Balance. Balance. We need balance in the church. We need the balance of the word of God and the spirit of God moving among the people of God. Greg Laurie said it like this. He said, all word and no spirit and you'll dry up. All spirit and no word and you'll blow up. We need a balance of both to grow up. It's true. We need the word of God and the spirit of God and the gifts that God gives to the body of Christ to be exercised in a healthy and balanced way. And I'm amazed at how many Christians, listen to me close, look at me. I'm amazed at how many Christians live their lives and they never ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do in the church? What is my gift in the church? Show me my gift. Many, many, many Christians never discover the joy of being used by God. They never discover the joy of being led and directed by the Holy Spirit. And that's why you're bored in your Christianity. That's a word for somebody. That's why you're bored. Because you're not being led by the Spirit. I don't know what I would do if if I didn't have the Spirit of God living in my life leading me, guiding me, directing me, telling me where to go, what to do, who to minister to. Pick up the phone and call somebody. Send them an email. Give them a Facebook. Do you know how many times I've just called somebody and they go, oh, you have no idea how right on time this phone call is. That's being led by the Spirit. See, sometimes we think being led by the Spirit means we have to kind of levitate over to our neighbor's house. And somehow the doorbell rings before you get there. And then they come and go, oh, my, you're here just on time. No, being led by the Spirit is very practical. The Spirit of God tells you to pick up the phone, call somebody, do it. The Spirit of God tells you to drop a car in the mail, somebody, do it. The Spirit of God tells you to, you know, write a check to somebody, do it. But being led by the Spirit simply means, and I don't know what I would do. I think of, I was just talking to a friend, um, just uh, a couple of days ago, and I was talking about, do you know that we are approaching 20 years of ministry here at Calvary Chapel in September? 20 years. Is that the best clapping y'all can do? Is that the best? 20 years. I cannot believe it. When I came here in 1995, I had hair. I can't believe it. And the time has just gone by so quick. And I remember when we got here, I was sitting in my office just the other day and, um, you know, over my, in my office area, I've got several areas and, and in my study area, uh, I was looking around and, and I was literally, I was like looking at my lamps. Like I have four lamps in my office area, my study area. And I, I was, it occurred to me that I have more furniture in my office area, in my office, than I did when I first moved here and we had nothing. God told us to come here, and we had nothing. Uh, me and Miss Elvira slept on air mattresses for on air mattress for six months before we had a bed. We had got an apartment and got the kids some twin beds. And um, I remember uh, people um, gave us like couches. We had like three couches in our living room. We used to call our living room Couch World. I mean, we had three couches and none of them matched. And we had three couches in our little couch. But, but people were giving us things. And, and I, I remember, I think I told you guys this story. I love to tell it now, that um, our first TV cabinet, we got it out of 
the, the dumpster uh, because we lived in uh, Traybrook Apartments in Mooresville. And um, people at that time coming in the triangle, there was a lot of people moving into the triangle. And so companies were bringing people in and setting them up in an apartment and then give them some time. They would go out and buy a house and they would leave. Well, people were coming in and staying. And then when they moved from this particular apartment complex, they would move. They would put good furniture in the trash. I remember that. One man's junk is another man's treasure. Where my people at? Say amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Man, I, I'll never forget. I went to the jet. Now, we had our TV up on a box. I will never forget it. And God blessed us with a TV. We had our TV. Woohoo. Amen. And, and, and we had our TV up on a box. And I remember one day I was walking by the trash dumpster, and I saw this nice TV cabinet. And I said, man, that's a nice TV. We got to have that. So I, I went home and said, Elvira, there's a, there's a nice TV cabinet in the trash. She goes, really? I said, yeah, you got to come see this. So we went up there and she looked at it. She goes, oh, okay, let's get it. I said, all right, well, we only had, we had a, 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 um, a, Tahoe, a, a Toyota with the back that just comes down and, you know, the back door comes down. So that's the only way we had to get it home. So I told Elvira, I said, listen, I got a bad back. So, <laughs> so. I'm going to drive, and we're going to put this thing up on the back of the, tra on the trailer door, and you're going to walk behind it and make sure it don't fall out. And I have to drive because I got a bad back. And you strong. Stronger than me. She's still stronger than me. And, uh, and so, so she goes, all right, whatever. So I get in the car, and I'm driving, and she's walking behind the thing like this. She says, slow down, boy. Slow down that car. I'm like, slow that car down. We put that in the house, and I'm telling you, you're talking about rejoicing. I, I just remember us thanking the Lord. And, and it's times like those that I remember being led by the Spirit. I remember when this church started 20 years ago uh, in Traybrook Apartments, and, and I remember my wife had gone up to the front office to pay the rent. And the apartment manager asked my wife if, because she knew I was a pastor, I put that on my application. She knew I was a pastor, and um, she said, um, you know, well, ask your husband, would he be willing to start a Bible study? Because some of the tenants were asking for a Bible study. You know how they have movie night and gin night and rummy night and card night and all that. So some of the tenants were coming up, well, how come we can't have a Bible study? So they asked my wife, they said, hey, uh, ask, your ask your husband uh, if he will be willing to start a Bible study. Elvira came running. I could see her from the distance because it was right across the way. And she came running out. She said, Rodney, Rodney, it's the Lord. It's the Lord. God wants you to start this church. God, we have been here only four weeks. God wants you to start the church. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. She said, and honey, they said that they would give us um, lemonade and coffee and Otis Spunk My Cookies. I said, well, in that case, we have to do it. <laughs> I mean, we, we have to do it. I mean, who can turn this down? <laughs> so we started, we started the Bible study, and I remember, I remember, I love telling this story because it shows you and it tells me and causes me to remember, first of all, where I came from. Number one, don't you ever forget where you came from. Number one, I'll wait while you clap your hands there. Don't forget where you came from, because if you forget where you came from, you'll lose sight of God. You'll lose sight of the fact that God started this church, not Pastor Rodney. God is doing the work, not Pastor Rodney. God started the work 20 years ago, and God is continuing his work. Look at you, not Pastor Rodney. 
So we started the, the Bible study. The, the apartment complex manager, she invited all the people. So I walk in. It's July. I got on a ball cap, sunglasses, short sleeve shirt, short pants, sneakers. I walk in and she invited all the people. I walk into a room of 17 white people. Um, now, if you're new here, ask somebody. Um, <laughs> 17 white people. Don't take it more than there. 17 white people. So I walk in and I said, um, they looked up at me and they said, uh, well, uh, hi, uh, we're just waiting for the pastor to show up. Whenever the pastor show up, we're going to have us a Bible study. I said, well, I'm him. And the, those folks went. It was guess who's coming to dinner all over again. Them folks, I said, I said, you need a little help with that chin. Let me get that up there for you. And we sat down and I had everybody introduce themselves. And I said, open your Bibles to Acts chapter one, verse one. The former treaties have I written to the O Theophilus of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. We started our church in Acts chapter 1, verse 1, and we've been teaching verse by verse ever since for 20 years. 20 years. And it just reminds me of being led by the Spirit of God. Listen, life is, Christian life is awesome when you are being led by the Spirit of God. Where are my people at? It is awesome. It's exciting. There's no day the same. God wants to use your life and, and he'll do stuff. And Christian life and Christianity will become exciting when you avail yourself to God. When you say, God, here am I, send me. Not, Lord, here am I, send them. But, Lord, here am I, send me. When you say that, God will begin to use your life powerfully and speak to your life in ways and Christianity won't be boring. It'll be awesome. It will be exciting. Somebody clap your hands and say amen. Will you do that? You got to ask the Lord what your spiritual gift is. And if you've never asked him, you got to say, Lord, what's my part and what's my place in the kingdom? Lord, what do you want me to do? Look at verse one. We got to move on. Look at verse one. Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant. Let me cover this really quickly. Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant. Now, this phrase, I don't want you to be ignorant. You got a pen? This phrase, I don't want you to be ignorant, is used five other places in the New Testament. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, I don't want you to be ignorant of Old Testament prophecy and typology. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning the coming of the Lord. 2 Corinthians 2, 11, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning the tactics of the devil and Satan. Romans chapter 11, verse 25, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning the future of Israel. 1 Corinthians 10, 1 Thessalonians 4, 2 Corinthians 2, Romans 11. And here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant of spiritual gifts. Paul didn't want them to be ignorant in the areas of Old Testament prophecy and typology, the coming of the Lord, the tactics of the enemy, Israel and Bible prophecy and spiritual gifts. And isn't it interesting, the very thing that Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant over, we, the church, are most ignorant of in these five areas. Look at verse 2 and 3. There were rumors, 
in the Corinthian church that someone was speaking in tongues and the interpretation of the tongues was blasphemous. And Paul says it's impossible for a person who is walking in the spirit and being led and speaking by the spirit to say that Jesus is a curse. In other words, no one praises the Lord by the power of the devil. In other words, only through the spirit can a person honestly say Jesus is Lord. And if someone says Jesus is cursed, he doesn't have the spirit. And he isn't speaking by the spirit. He isn't a Christian. Listen, just because you say you're just because you say you're a Christian doesn't make you a Christian. You know that Matthew chapter seven, verse 21 through 23, Jesus said it like this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my father in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Just because you say you're a Christian and even hold a title doesn't mean you're a Christian and speaking by the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.